0: Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I am your host, Maria Moore, and in this episode, the word is enough. You can use the word enough in a negative way and in a positive way. And I want to share with you how I have been exploring this term, this word, and applying it to my 2024 experience so far. Let me not say 2024 experience because I'm not a resolution, look at the whole year type of girl. I'm look at the month, look at the quarter type of sister. You know what I'm saying? So I want to tell you about some amazing things that I've already done this early in the month. And hopefully It will help give you some perspective on how you can move the needle towards your goals in a very realistic and sustainable manner. But first, let's do the mind, body, and business check-in. This is when we look at ourselves, look at our goals, evaluate our performance, our intention, our actions, our effort towards the goal that we set seven days ago. And you may be thinking, well, seven days is not long enough to achieve a goal. Oh, sure it is. If it's a smaller, manageable goal related to an action that you can do every day, right? So maybe you want to drink more water. The goal is to drink more water. You wake up every morning, 20 ounces of water per day. Seven days later, you check to see if you did it. That's real easy. But the cool thing about setting seven-day goals is that it helps you get to the bigger goal. And then once you reach that destination, it will be so much easier to maintain the progress that you have made. So what are you doing for your mind, body, and business? One of my big goals for the month of January is to actually read all of the books that I bought. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I'm scrolling on Instagram and I'll see a post that says, this book changed my life. It helped me become a millionaire. It helped me become more productive. It helped my relationship. And I will go on Amazon and buy them all. And they look so cute on the shelf and they are collecting dust on the shelf. So I said, I'm gonna read the books that I have. I'm starting with the thinner books so that it's not too overwhelming. And I'm reading a few pages every day. So the book that I'm reading this month is called Managing Negative Emotions. Stop anger, stress, anxiety, and other intrusive feelings from controlling your life and Achieve Inner Peace. Yeah, that title probably draws a lot of people in. It certainly worked for me. If you're interested in looking it up, the author is Andrew Tenney. I believe I'm saying his last name right. It's T E N N. Why? And so I'm on chapter two, and it talks about an intelligent universe and how the universe knows what to bring us. Like it interprets what we're thinking and what we're feeling and brings more of that to us. And some people feel like this is hocus pocus, you know, this whole law of attraction thing. But if you evaluate your life experiences when you are in a depressed state, when you are experiencing negative emotions, you tend to see the world in a gloomier way. You know, it's always raining. The clouds are always around. Nobody likes you. Everything is going wrong. But when you're in a space of joy and optimism, everything around you feels good. You feel the positive vibrations of the energy around you. You know, I can think about the time, oh my gosh, it was so scary. I was on my way to work in December and I'm so glad that I have this smart option on my car. One of my tires was blowing out. Basically, I ran over a nail and it was depleting the air out of my tire so fast. I was all the way in the left, getting ready to merge onto another part of the highway. And it was busy. It was super dark outside because I was on my way to the radio station about five something in the morning. And I'm looking at the meter on my tire and I'm seeing the air go down rapidly. It dwindled all the way down to zero. There's tons of cars behind me. Nobody's being nice. And I finally get over to the shoulder. But prior to that, I was thinking about something that upset me the previous day. I got super mad and in my feelings about a car that cut me off. And so I kind of drove around the car and got back in front of that car. But I was just still mad and in my feelings. And while all of this Negative emotion is boiling up inside of me. My tire blows out. Now, you may be listening and saying, Maria, you doing too much. That's just coincidence. But... I think that it did have a lot to do with the emotional state that I was in. And the same goes for good news. When I get a piece of good news and I'm so excited about it, um, or if I'm in a giving space or I'm trying to mentor someone and I'm just feeling these positive emotions, I will randomly get an email. I will randomly get a phone call with good news, with an opportunity. So I wholeheartedly believe that we are energy and we attract like energy. Even if you're not into all of the whole law of attraction and You get what you think and you should focus on what you want and not what you lack. There's very practical tips in this book. Even in the first chapter, it starts with the hierarchy of emotions. It talks about apathy and shame and guilt, and it lays it out in such a relatable way. So this has been really eye opening for me and is making a huge contribution to my emotional and mental well-being. So that's what I'm doing for my mind. For my body, I earned my body. certification so before you get excited and be like oh my gosh marie i didn't know you were that smart like what kind of law are you practicing it's b-a-r-r-e i shared this news at the end of one of my dance fitness classes and when i made the announcement like hey y'all you know i just got my bar certification everybody starts clapping and they're like oh my gosh that's so amazing and i'm sitting up here thinking like oh they must really be into bar classes but they thought i meant like the bar like <laughs> like I, I passed my law exam but no this is is a fitness program that is centered around uh, body weight movements, dance, ballet, stuff like that. So it's all kind of fused together. For my body, I am putting together a 45 minute to one hour class. And this is not only good for my body, but also for my business, because now I can teach the classes. And I'm not going to pick up any classes right away, but I will be doing some subbing just to get familiar. And it's introducing something new in in the fitness realm that I've never done before. And I don't know about you, um, when I'm doing the same thing over and over again, I get bored with it and I feel super unmotivated. So every quarter or every six months or so, I try something different in fitness to keep me motivated and just to switch things up. Lastly, for my business, you know, in addition to the bar classes, I'm still working on my social media strategy, moving some things over with my um, website portal. I found a more affordable option because um, the one I have now is kind of expensive and I am trying to make sure I get a good return on my investment. And that's something that I think is important for all of us to do is to look at our budgets and determine where our money is going and if it makes sense, because you may have had some expenses in 2023 that no longer make sense or no longer benefit you. Maybe there are subscriptions. Maybe it's a membership. Maybe it is a streaming service. So if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to pull your bank statements, look at that Apple Pay or however you are spending money. See if there are some things that you can cut, especially if you have debt and you're trying to get out of debt faster you can allocate that money towards your financial freedom so those are just some things that I'm doing and I don't share my stuff to brag Uh, I just try to give you some thought starters you could have very simple goals that you want to achieve over the next seven days for me it's reading a couple of pages of my book every few days working on creating a new uh, fitness routine so I'll work on that about 10 to 20 minutes per day working on the choreography for that to be complete by the end of the month and then working on my social media strategy and making sure that my financial investments in my business make the most sense. So what do you want to do for your mind, body, and business over the next seven days? Write that goal down and be intentional in your pursuit of it. So this episode is partly inspired by a conversation that I had with a previous mind, body, and business guest. Her name is Risha Grant. She is an entrepreneur, a D-E-I. I, expert, and author, and the ultimate motivator. She wrote a book called Be Better Than Your BS. And if you missed that episode, it is episode number 70. One of the many things that I admire about Risha is that she is a very accomplished woman, and much of that accomplishment is by way of her hard work and also her mindset. She said something so profound that really stood out to me about the power of discipline. It really is the highest form of self-care, in my opinion, following through with what you said you were going to do for yourself. And sometimes this is hard for us, even though we have examples of how to be good to people, how to care for people, because we have so many people that we love and care for in our own lives. But here are some of her thoughts on that.
1: Who is that person that matters most to you in the world? And I know it's, it's our spouses and our kids and our parents, but it has to be us, too yeah you get one life. And if you ever listen to really old people, I remember reading uh, this article about people over a hundred. their one regret was not living the life that they envisioned for themselves. Now, one of the things I tell people is you got to prioritize your uh, the people around you. So you have mm-hmm. to prioritize your your business, right, or your professional goals. But in order to do that, sometimes you've got to look back at everything around you. You may have parents that you care for. You may have the kids, you may have the spouse, you may work for a company, but wish to be an entrepreneur. You still are going to have to look at it and say, can I really do this? And if I'm going to really do it, what do I need to move around in my life to prioritize my goals? Again,
0: that was Risha Grant from episode number 70 from BS to Best Self. If you didn't get a chance to hear that full episode, do yourself a favor and give it a listen from start to finish um you know she talked about moving things around to achieve a goal and for me I found that you know a lot of times I just be doing the most too much and I opened up this episode talking about the word enough you know what is enough for me and for so long I have always jumped from goal to goal. I have this feeling that I always need to be working towards something every day and that something needs to give me a uh, material return more specifically money, right? And I talked a little bit about this in my episode with Lisa Woolfork. That was a good one. That was episode 68. It's called So With The Flow. The importance of hobbies and doing things that you enjoy and not cluttering your entire day, getting to the bag and making money because there are other things that are so much more important in life. And I took the holidays to determine what is enough for me. What is enough money What is enough time to spend on working on certain projects? What is enough time to exercise, you know, without overdoing it? What is enough food for my body? This is a really big one. I have been struggling for most of 2023, just trying to find my rhythm with my meals. And I would turn to food for comfort. I would turn to food because I was bored. I would turn to food because I was feeling anxious. And because I'm a trainer and I exercise a lot, it's easy for me to mask the effects of food on my body. But I'm at a point right now where I just want to feel like I have some self-control, that... I have the ability to say no to something that I know is not good for me, even though maybe, you know, my body and my metabolism can handle a couple slices of pizza. But is it good for me? Does it nourish me? Is it aligned with my goals and the lifestyle that I want to live? And the answer to that is no, absolutely not. Plants are aligned with my lifestyle. Exercise I enjoy is aligned with my lifestyle. Drinking water frequently throughout the day is aligned with my lifestyle. And I really had to dig deep and take a few weeks to determine what is enough for me. And to be honest, um, at this point in the new year, I would grade myself about an 87. I'm almost at 90 percent and it has been so revealing. I have gotten in better shape and lost more weight in the first week and a half of the new year than I was able to do in the entire last quarter of 2023. And it's because I set some boundaries. I got more specific about what I wanted the experiences I want to have, and most importantly, how I want to feel. I want to get into the specifics of the changes that I've made that are really making me feel good about my progress so far this year. And hopefully these can be some thought starters or, uh, you know, maybe give you an aha moment if you're experiencing the same challenges and trying to get on the right track and stay (laughs) on the right track. And going back real quick, just remember the point I made about discipline being the highest form of self-care. That is my mantra. <laughs> for 2024, you know, oftentimes when things don't work out for us, we naturally look around like, who did it? Who made me fail? Whose fault is it? Because surely it is not mine. And you know, every now and then we fall on our sword and say, I could have done things better. I think it's really important that we focus on the things that we can control. And when you do that, you tend to realize that you have way more control than you think to live the life that you want, to have the joy and the success. But it starts with owning our choices, identifying what you want, and holding yourself accountable to do the things to get it. So starting with my fitness, my own health and wellness journey, I uh, discovered after doing some evaluating that my meals were just way too big. I would eat like two meals per day. Uh, I wasn't planning well, so I would barely get any sleep the night before. I would have to wake up early in the morning. And then I did not plan, did not pack a snack with me. And so after the morning show, I'm starving and I'm eating so many calories. If you didn't know this, when you have big meals, when you eat more than what your body can handle, you're actually expanding the size of your stomach. I knew that I needed to eat smaller meals and retrain my body to know that, hey, this is enough. This is all you're going to have right now. More food is coming later, but we're not going to stuff you. Another thing that I had to realize is that I have a sweet tooth or two or three or four or maybe all of my teeth are sweet because I just love pastries. I love candy. I love sweet things. And um, I started to notice that I would have sweet things and they stopped tasting as sweet. And after doing some research, I realized, oh, no, my tongue does not understand sweetness like it should. So I did a three day reset to reset my palate so that it would have a greater sensitivity to sugar. And it really did just take three days. And then by the fourth day, when I had something sweet, I immediately noticed it. And when I say something sweet, I'm talking about natural fruit in a smoothie. Those are two big things that have been game changers for me as I reset my wellness journey in the new year. Uh, Number one, having smaller meals. You know, when your stomach is saying, uncle, ain't no more room down here. Stop trying to eat more food, okay? Because ain't no more room. And you wonder why you're out looking like you're in your second trimester, why there's so much effort to get those pants up it's you know, you may be eating too much. Take about a week and do a meal log and evaluate everything you're eating and not only what you're eating, but how much you're eating, because that plays a huge role. And if you can uh, track those calories, that would be even more useful data. Also, you may want to consider doing a reset if sugar is a thing for you or if you're just trying to reset your palate and remove those cravings, try to go three days with no sugar. And when I say no sugar, I'm I'm including fruits, natural sugars, no sugar for three days and see what big of a difference that makes. I mean, I remember putting on some leggings and the leggings were looser than they were before I started the sugar fast. Another thing that I had to make, note of is I need to show myself some grace when it comes to the appearance of my body. When you have a meal, whether big or small, it's going to change your body composition in ways, specifically your stomach. I cannot expect myself to have a flat stomach all day. I need to give that food time to digest. So in addition to having those smaller meals and resetting my palate and doing that sugar fast for three days, I am learning to accept that my stomach can't be flat all day and that food will go down and digest. And let me tell you how close we really are. I have been having bowel movements and <laughs> I've been having the same number of bowel movements as meals. So I know that my body is extracting nutrients from the healthier foods that I'm eating. You really don't wanna go days and days and some for some people a whole week before you have a bowel movement. That says a lot about the type of food that you're eating. So those are some of the changes I made at the top of the year to help me determine my enough. What is enough food and how can I have more manageable expectations about my appearance? And what's reasonable in terms of my expectations? Yes, um, I talked about how I lost weight already in the first, what, 10 days of the new year, but... That is not my main focus. My main focus are the actions related to achieving my goal. Those actions are making sure I'm not eating big meals, making sure I'm not eating too close to bedtime, drinking enough water throughout the day, getting good sleep, practicing good sleep hygiene. What am I doing the two hours before I go to bed? And so I'm tracking that every day. And the cool thing is when I have a day that I slip up because I'm tracking it and if I don't see myself making progress, I can pinpoint what the problem is and make corrections as needed. Also, for my body, I'm not exercising more than one hour. (laughs) I'm just not doing that anymore. And it's so tempting because you may go to the gym and see somebody with a really nice body and they say, oh, well, I just did this class. I'm going to take another class for an hour. And that, that ain't me. That's not where I am in my fitness journey. That's not where I'm at in my middle age. I am a one hour or less workout type of girl. And I like to break those down into two smaller workouts whenever I can. I know that... If I push myself, if I am being aggressive with my exercise, I don't need more than an hour. So when I think about that term enough, no more than an hour is enough for me. No more than five days a week of exercising is enough for me. I need to have rest days. So. Those are my enoughs and I hope that you take some time during the month of January or whenever you're listening to this podcast, maybe over the next seven days to determine what's enough for you. And keep in mind that your doctor, your physician should be a part of that conversation, especially if you're making changes and switching things up. Some people have underlying health conditions to consider as well, but those behavioral changes can be made. You don't have to hit the gym for that. Learning what's enough for my body has been one of the highlights so far of 2024. I also take that same mentality when it comes to my finances. And, you know, I'm the queen of multiple streams and paying off debt, building a financial legacy. <laughs> we hear that term so much. What's your legacy? You know, what's crazy about legacy is people talk so much about how much you should build a legacy you gonna be dead and you not even gonna be here to experience it and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do good things that will leave a mark a positive mark on the world but we should also prioritize the importance of the now the present moment last year I was super aggressive with making my additional principal payments on my home I poured almost everything that I could 120 something thousand dollars is what I paid keep in mind I have a full-time job I have a rental property and I have a business two businesses And so I have multiple streams of income. It took me time to build that up. You can listen to other podcast episodes to get the background on that. But for so long, I have been in this mindset of, oh, my gosh, have enough for the future, have enough for the future that I haven't been focused enough on making sure that I am enjoying this moment in life. And sadly, I was one of those people that was so focused on how I would be remembered Instead of living, (laughs) enjoying the fruits of all of my hard work, I came across a post, a video on Instagram the other day that I thought was so profound. And the girl was in the video. She was talking about how many of us don't even know our grandfather's father. I don't know my grandfather's father. I don't even know. My grandmother on my mom's side, I don't know her first and last name. I would love to, but to the girl's point who did the video, um, she was just saying how, you know, life goes in cycles. And there were generations of people who did great things before us, and they're not being idolized or remembered in significant ways today today. And her whole point was, man, live in the moment, be present, stop worrying about stupid stuff, because that house you live in, somebody else going to live in it. That car that you wanted so bad and saved up all your money and worked all them hours for, it's going to be in a junkyard one day. And just looking at that short video really opened my eyes and, you know, gave me some perspective about, what I'm giving up to be aggressive and get ahead of the game. Like, why do I need to be so aggressive to pay off my bills? And really, as I evaluated even more, because that's what I spent my holiday doing, just self-evaluating, A lot of me being aggressive with my bills and getting out of debt and starting these businesses and just pushing towards my idea of success is rooted in trauma because, you know, I had a lot of situations growing up where I wasn't sure if people would show up for me. Um, I've had people let me down and I internalize it. So getting ahead and feeling like I'm in control and paying off debt and owning properties and increasing my net worth is more of a reactionary thing to guard myself from being hurt. I was once that single mom whose car was repossessed and who got evicted from her apartment, who could barely scrape up enough money to buy groceries. And I'm so afraid of becoming that person again. And so me being aggressive with my debt is kind of like a coping mechanism for me. But what happens when you get so aggressive, you lose time, doing things that are really important, doing things like being with your family, creating memories, exploring things that interest you and dedicating time to it. For 2024, I've determined my enough number. And the way my life goes, I always get these unexpected blessings, but I'm not going to pressure myself to pay my house off. However, I will be intentional about pursuing new experiences, doing things for the very first time with my husband, creating memories with my kids. Uh, My daughter bought me a mannequin head with um, ethnic hair attached to it because I'm interested in learning how to braid and to do soft lock styles and stuff like that. It is just something that I can do in my free time that interests me and stimulates positive emotions. It feels so liberating. Those are just two areas for me, my wellness, you know, my body, learning what my enough is and in my finances and personal goals, learning what my enough is and making sure that my lifestyle and my choices are aligned with my enough. So you can look at enough in multiple ways, like what is enough so that you're not going overboard and what is enough in terms of what you allow (laughs) into your experience, boundaries and how people try to overstay their welcome. You know what I mean by that? Always coming to you, asking you for stuff because you the person that says yes all of the time. So there's multiple ways you can use this term in your life. And I hope that what I shared helps you and inspires you to determine what your enough is. Now, shifting the conversation, I wanna share a little bit of what you can expect from next week's episode. Oh my gosh, such a good one. I will have mental health experts who share great insight on how we can help the young people in our lives. So I'm 45. Young people, I'm talking about, you know, the folks that are entering adulthood. Between the ages of like, 18 and 25. But the advice that they will be giving in the next episode is applicable to every age. One of the big things that I think a lot of parents struggle with is having that uh, mental, emotional connection with their child. The idea of your child going to therapy can feel kind of offensive because you're like, well, I'm the mama, I'm the daddy, I should have the answers. Why do you need to go out and talk to someone else about it? But here is what my guest, Helene DeJ, Executive Director of Young Adult Services at Newport Healthcare had to say about that. When we're teaching our child how to ride a
3: bike, right? How much easier is it for somebody who they're not quite as familiar with to teach yeah. them something? Like the math homework at the kitchen counter. You know, a, a tutor can sit with them and, and make a lot of progress. If a parent is sitting there, it's so much harder. There's just certain things that, are hard to share with a parent. There's a comfort level. They don't feel like that they're getting a completely straight answer from us when they come to us with issues, because of course, we're we looking through the lens of, of parenthood, you know, and, and a trained professional, there's techniques to get through to young people, there's motivational interviewing, there's sort of building up that internal motivation for change, there's being able to say, you know, you're the the 15th young person I've spoken to today, and, you know, you're all feeling the same thing, this is very normal, this is very typical and I, here's how I can help you through it. Sometimes it's just easier for a professional to sit someone down and be able to see things objectively and be able to present a, a plan of change that's easier for, for a kid to really see the, see the path through.
0: Again, that's a little bit of what you can expect in episode 73. Super excited for you all to hear that conversation because um, as a mom with four kids born in three different decades, (laughs) I'm dealing with all kind of young emotions over here. So it was very insightful for me, but also in my own mental health space, Helene really brought it home. So definitely look out for that next episode that puts a bow on this one as always you can stay connected with the mind body and business podcast by giving us a follow well me a follow i'm saying us like i got a whole team over here it's just me y'all uh check me out on instagram at mbb pod also at maria moore m-a-r-i-a-m-o-r-e you can also follow um, and stay connected with mind body and business on facebook Also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, drop that five-star rating and write a review. Let me know what you enjoyed about the podcast episode and what positive changes you're making in your life. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ears and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Until then, take care.